welcome to the H&H Hour. I am Heidi Bolt, one of your hosts, alongside my sister, my co-host, Heather Taves. Hey, Heather. Hello. How are you? I'm well. I have to go swimsuit shopping this weekend. Gasp. I just saw the swimsuits in Target, and I had that, like, pause Mm. in my heart of, like, Okay, can we... Can we just talk for a second sure. about swimsuits? Sorry, guys. And the sizes of them. <laughs> I'm not a super large person by right. any means. No, not I'm at not, all. I'm not, not like stick thin either. I mean, I've got some <laughs> curves, but really extra, extra large? Come on now. That's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Maybe you were in the wrong section. Uh, no, I checked. The tag said XXL. Oh, that's ridiculous. I know. Yeah, there's no way. They make swimming suits for stick people. You know, the kind of people that you draw on the paper on the board. if you're not artistic and that's, you just yeah. draw the little line. Yeah. That's what they make swimsuit sizes for. Yeah. So <laughs> did you purchase anyone then? I did, but I think I'm going to take it back. Okay. It was it was purely out of like desperation. Yeah. Like, well, this one sort of fits and I sort of like it okay. in this glaring, horrible light in yeah. the dressing room. Yeah. And maybe if I put it on in my bedroom where the light's a little softer, maybe I'll be able to endure <laughs> you're it. Not gonna, you're not going to want to wear it in the sunshine. I know. Or in the daylight. I know. So you can go wear it in the hot so tub at other, night. <laughs> other, <laughs> other than that, I am fantastic. <laughs> Ladies, if you have great tips on where to find 39-year-old mother, trendy, fun, sexy swimsuits okay. that don't make you wear an XXL. Yeah. Let That's kind of a lot of boxes to check. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, hey, we, we like to have fun on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that Heather and I have talked about before is that sometimes we can tend to go serious real fast. Yeah. Both of us can yeah. tend to be pretty We're, serious. Yeah. And I, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. But I also, I love to laugh. I guess uh, we're, we're real women with very real is- issues. Oh, like, yeah. Like swimsuits and – yeah. I mean, this morning, like we were rushing through school Mm -hmm. and then rushing through lunch and trying to get my kiddos to bed for naps so that we could podcast. You have to tell about Wilder and going, not wanting to go to sleep yet. Oh, yeah. He was, he's like, you know, I'm like trying to rush him through lunch. I'm like, eat your sandwich, eat it, eat it, eat it. He's three. You know, and he's like lollygagging Uh and enjoying the beautiful sunshine coming Uh through the window and the productivity side of me of knowing like, I have an appointment coming up to podcast is like trying to rush him through life. Mm -hmm. And it kind of hit me like, I think we all do that, don't we? Like we have to rush through life to get to the next thing. And um, he says to me in his sweet little voice, he says, but I'm not even tired yet. (laughs) I said, I know, son. Sweet Jesus dreams. Good night. And he's asleep. So yeah, I do want to touch on that for just a second. You know, um, we've said this before. This podcast is not necessarily something that was was our idea. I mean, we really feel like the Lord put this on our heart, mm, gave yeah. us this call, yeah. gave us this commission to, yep. to run with this because it takes a lot of time. It does, yeah. And a lot of effort. And and a lot of times it's our kids too right. that have to also sacrifice. Right. And, and just like this, like Wilder having to go to bed, he's, yeah. he wasn't tired enough yet. Um, and that's part of, I believe, the call of God on your life yes. is that it's it doesn't always come easy. Right. It doesn't it never comes without sacrifice, and it often requires sacrifice from your entire family. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's a balance, and if you you know require too much sacrifice from your kids and you're not parenting, then you're doing something wrong. Right. But um, I know for my kids too, it's there are a lot of times on Sunday mornings or when 
Chris and I are Chris and I are working on ministry stuff that they're they're sacrificing too. Right. But it's good for them. Yeah. Well, and I think that kids really actually love seeing their parents serve others mm-hmm. because it's it's uh, without saying it verbally it's showing like hey I love mm-hmm. people and when you have that security of realizing that your parents love people mm-hmm. you are going to know by default hey my parents love me. Right. So, and I, I think that's so important. I actually, I got to preach yesterday, Heather, at church. And I, as I studied and prepared, we're in this series um, called Sleeper Slow, and it's calling the church of Jesus to wake up, yep. according to the verse in Isaiah, where it says, wake up, O sleeper, wake right. up, O Zion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the importance of all of us sharing the gospel. But as I studied, I was reminded of... Um, the chapter in the Bible where there's a group of religious leaders standing around mm. Jesus. One of them was what the Bible calls an expert in religious law. Hmm. And he tries to trap Jesus with a question. Um, <laughs> he had ulterior motives of mm-hmm. trying to prove that Jesus was doing something wrong. And he says, you know, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds, he says that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all your all of your mind. Hmm. And then he says, and the second commandment is equally as important. Yeah. Love your neighbor. Yeah. And it really hit me this week that so often I think we're striving so hard to prove to God our love. Like, God, look at all this these acts that I'm doing right. to show you that I love you. And then we're forgetting about the people right mm-hmm. in front of us. Yeah. Um, and just realizing that when we're living our life in front of people with the intent to love them. Mm-hmm. Really intentionally, Mm because a lot of times it takes intentionality. Love doesn't just happen. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just like, oh, wow, my neighbors know that I love them just by living my life. Like you have to do things that are intentional for them to see the love of Jesus in you. But when you're doing that, you are closer to the heartbeat of God. Yeah, Because as you love people well, you draw yourself to the heart of God because the heart of God is people. People. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I read just this morning – I have been reading in Colossians, and it was such a powerful book for me. I underlined like the entire book, yeah. so it's now <laughs> instead of black and white, it's blue and red and I purple. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, then I kept going into Thessalonians, and Paul is writing to this church, mm-hmm. to a couple churches actually, um, the Thessalonians, and he says this to them, and I think it's so cool. He keeps talking about how he can't wait to come back and see them. Yeah. And the pretty much the whole first two and a half, chap, two to three chapters is him talking about getting back to see them and mm-hmm. when he's not with them and how much he thinks about them and loves them. And then he says this in chapter three, verse 12, and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. Oh, I love that. I know. And that just stuck out to me because I think so often it is hard to love people. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even like people. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you just, but that's what we're called to. Right. So love God, love people. Right. Yeah. And, but it says, and may the Lord make your love. So you don't have to do this in and of your own strength. That's good. Like, and, and then it doesn't say like just, well, kind of like them or kind of love them. It says yeah. overflow. Yeah. So if you have trouble loving people, mm. maybe you you're feel like, yeah, I want to be a witness. I want to love my neighbor, but I just don't feel it in my gut. I don't, yeah. Like I don't feel it in my soul. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's forced. Yeah. Ask the Lord. Yeah. Ask the Lord to make your love for people, your love for one another, 
overflow. Mm. And then it's not just this little like, okay, check it off the box. I mean, when something overflows, it spills out, it comes out, you know, you fill up a cup with water and and, and you fill it too full and it overflows and it spills out on the table. You know, when your love overflows, it's spilling out to all those around you, to the people right next to you, to your neighbors, to the people you come in contact with in, in public. So I think that's just a word for someone. Yeah. Maybe you're struggling with that in your life. Ask the Lord, make my love overflow. Oh, I love that. So Heather, this past week, we, um, the whole world paused yeah, and we said goodbye to Reverend Billy Graham. Yeah. Um, the, the liberal media was quoting things like he was the most successful Christian. <laughs> it said, at least when it comes to obeying the commission of Jesus <laughs> to take the gospel to wow. the corners of the earth. I thought, what a legacy. Yeah. To have the liberal media say these thing things about, about you. you. Yeah. And I was just thinking about his life. Um, I actually did some research about him because I was thinking, okay, so here is this this man. He was 99 years old. And at 16 years old, he met Jesus. Mm. And then he literally devoted the rest of his life mm-hmm. to preaching the gospel. 83 years. loving people. That's 83 amazing. years. Yeah. That's incredible. And um, I was so inspired and really, truly blown away, Heather. I was blown away. He preached live. One of the statistics I saw um, was that he preached live in front of a live audience to over 215 million people. How is that even possible? Because he devoted his life to it. Oh, you mean collectively? Yeah. Like uh, over all of those years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preached. Okay. Yeah. 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 Not like in one setting. Okay. Yeah. So like he- Sorry. He got to, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> mommy, mommy moan. He got to preach the gospel- with stadiums full yeah. of people. Yeah. And I, I love that because sometimes I watch like a sport a sporting show and I see a stadium full of people. Yeah. And I and I think, okay, this is awesome. Sports aren't bad, but these people are jam-packed in, shoulder yeah. to shoulder, cheering right. on this sports team. Right. And so I saw these pictures of Billy Graham preaching the gospel and the stadiums were overflowing people shoulder to shoulder yeah. hearing the word of God. Yeah. And I just thought what an incredible impact he had on really, truly so many generations of people as he took Jesus's word so literal mm-hmm. and he preached the gospel in literally every corner of the earth. Yeah. I, I read that he he had to give up about 60% of his time at home with his family Wow! in order for him to go and fulfill Wow. The commission of Jesus. That sacrifice. Him. That was a huge sacrifice. Yeah. But his family was on board. His wife and his kids mm. were on board. They knew their call as a family. That's what that meant for them. And um, I just I, – I was so taken back by his willingness to love people, mm-hmm. like even people really different than him. Mm-hmm. I saw this interview with Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. So very, very stark contrast from Billy Graham. Yeah. And – they had this really cool dialogue just about life and things right. of faith. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see the respect mm-hmm. that Woody had for Billy. You could see it in his posture towards Billy yeah. that he respected him. Yeah. And Billy, as I watched his face in the interview, I thought, man, that guy really loved people. Yeah. Like you could see it pour out of him. Well, and I saw that interview too. And it was interesting because it was in the 60s, I think. It, yeah, it was and, 1969. And it was, they talked about um, issues, current cultural issues of that day that were very um, hot topic, yep. controversial yep. things that, you know, when we have similar topics today right. in our culture. 
And I feel like today it's so taboo yes. to sit down and have a conversation with someone that you disagree with. Right. And yet we should be doing that. Mm-hmm. We should be hearing from other people's perspectives, not so that we can um, have them convince us to change our ways. Right. The thing that, that Billy Graham did that was so amazing in that interview is he was so gracious and yeah. he was so solid yeah. in his own convictions. Yeah. You know, and they joke about him, you know, would Woody Allen be converted to Christianity right. before Billy Graham would be converted to being an agnostic. Right. And, you know, Billy was pretty much like, well, I don't, you know, I don't see that happening. When he said, he's like, it's happened. Many people have tried to convert me. Yeah. He said, and the more it happens, the, yeah, more, the committed more committed I am, I am. to my yes. walk with Jesus. Yes. But they just had this lighthearted, they weren't out to prove their own point. They right. were just out to have a conversation with each other. And yeah. I loved that so much. And I wish... My prayer is that we can get back to that because yeah. right now, you know, it's just so there's so it's so much jabbing yeah. and it's slandering each other and yeah. it's it's not stepping back to go. You are a human being, even though your values and your views are different than mine. You're a human being made in the image of God, right? And if God values you, I should also value you, yeah. even if I disagree with you. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree so much. I think that anytime we are willing to walk out the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. God is going to multiply the, the mm-hmm. people that he allows us to show the love mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. He's going to, you know, as we let the fruits of Jesus pour out of our life, he's going to go, okay, you're, you're doing this well with right. this small group. Okay. Here's this bigger group for you right. to do it with. And I just thought like Billy Graham, like he was a, he was a pastor to a dozen U.S. presidents. That's Heather. insane. Like he had their ear. He got yeah. to pray with them. Yeah. They would call on him when they needed counsel. Right. You know, when they would come up against these moral issues and they'd go, who can encourage us? Billy, Billy was Graham. the one called in yeah. to yeah. have conversation with them. Yeah. And think you think about all of those people that came to know the Lord because of his crusades and his his outreach and his evangelism. And it is literally affected millions and millions of families. Oh. Families, families trees, family legacies are yeah. entirely different because of his work. A hundred percent. And I even heard multiple pastors and teachers and evangelists say that they themselves were motivated to go into ministry because of Billy. So it's like not just people that heard directly from Billy, but it's people that gained a a passion to emulate what they saw Billy doing. And, you know, people like Stephen Furtick and, you know, people like Craig Grishel, people like our grandfather who got to stand and have a conversation with him at the World's Fair and, um, or the the State Fair and, you know, encourage each other in their ministries. Like, I just think what a profound impact. Yes. But, and he was one man, Heather. And I just think if all of us could take on that understanding that sometimes we feel like, oh man, I'm just one person. Like, Mm. I can't really affect that much change or... Yeah, I think someone else will do it. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we get stuck in that rut of instead of going like, who's the one soul in front of me right now yes. that I can affect change within? You know, maybe it's my own little child in my house. Yes. You know, maybe it's my elderly neighbor who I know doesn't get visits from family very often. Right. You know, or maybe it's my spouse. You know, who who's the one person right in front of you? And I it hit me, Heather. I thought, okay. So the world's greatest evangelist has mm-hmm. gone home to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so there's a job opening now. Yeah, that's right. And those of us that love Jesus, we fit the qualifications. Mm-hmm. Like we are the ones who it is time for us to step up as teachers and preachers and evangelists and Jesus followers. And just as neighbors. 
Yeah. Yeah. To love yeah. people. Yeah. And when we do that, the entire atmosphere of the world begins to shift. Yes. And people start to go, what is it that I'm seeing different? What is it about these people that I so long to have within my own soul and yes. in my own life? That's and they so start to ask the questions of why do you love me the way you love me? That's so good. I um I can't find it. I was looking for it. I saw it on social media this morning, but it was a a picture of um I think there were about maybe five or six different really prominent Christian figures throughout history. Mm. Um and you could trace it back. So Billy Graham was the last one and you oh, could wow. trace it back how he had been affected by this Christian leader, oh, his wow. influence, and that Christian leader had been affected by some of them were pastors, some of them were evangelists, some of, some of them were, um, you know, people who had who had done really amazing things for the gospel for Christianity, and it went back like five or six names that you would recognize. That's amazing. Um, evangelists and pastors and such, and that the point was, we all are imp- impacted by. By someone. Yes. We all have someone that has cheered us on, that has encouraged us. Yeah. And we have that opportunity now. Absolutely. Like we get to come underneath the line, you know, Billy Graham. That you know, lineage. That someone might be able to say, I I was called to share the gospel with my neighbor because of Billy Graham's example. Yeah. Um, and it was, he kept it so simple. So simple. You know, and I, I read this one story and I loved it so much. If people are familiar with this, with his, his crusades and his events, they would sing Just As I Am at the end as their altar call song. And way back in the day, they were being accused of using emotion (laughs) to draw people to the front to get saved, right? Like that doesn't sound familiar, does it? Still an issue. (laughs) I mean, people are still saying that about the church today. And so his team got together and they said, okay, fine, we'll cut that song out. Wow. And we'll see if anything changes and nothing changed. Yeah. The same amount of people, the same the same amount of people were being reached for the gospel and coming forth and front to the front and responding yeah. without the the song. That's cuz the word of God is enough. Yeah. And I think that's so cool that God's like, "Hey, my word can stand alone. My word can be paired up with uh, uh, some music." Yeah. Like it is what it is. It's yeah. still going to go forth. It's not going to return void. I love that so much because it's uh it just proves the power of the word of God. Yeah. 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 And he kept it so simple. We overcomplicated. Yeah. You know, he was, he just shared the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And didn't need anything flashy. Yeah. He just shared the gospel. Yeah. And I, I think that, Heather, I was thinking, okay, I, who, who around us or perhaps ourselves, we might be raising that next Billy Graham in our home. Right. You know, and I shared with the people at church, I said, you might be sitting next to your coworker at work mm-hmm. and they're the next Billy Graham, but you first have to tell them about Jesus. Right. Because someone told Billy. Yeah. And at 16, he accepted Jesus and his life changed yeah. and the millions of souls that have changed because of him and his obedience to God, mm-hmm. his obedience to mm-hmm. what God put right mm-hmm. in front of him. That's so good. And I just think we can't overestimate the importance of a simple step of obedience. Right. Because for him, it was accepting Jesus and then taking a simple step of obedience to go, wow, I think I think God wants me to be a warrior for him. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, people accused him. They said, we think that you're doing this for your own glory. Mm -hmm. You're trying to draw people to yourself. Mm -hmm. And he was quoted as saying, he said, I actually despise all of this attention. He said, I wish that I could preach the gospel and no one know Mm. my name, Mm. have no association to me. He said, but I know that I'm sent out as a warrior for Jesus. So good. And I loved his confidence in that. He like he had haters. Yeah. You know, like anyone doing yeah. anything for Jesus is gonna have haters. He had people slandering him, but he's like, hey man, this is what people are saying. Yeah. I, I just know I'm yeah. a warrior for Jesus. That's, and that was enough for him. Oh, that's so good. And that actually reminds me of um another verse that I read from First Thess- Thessalonians this morning. Uh chapter two. Verse four, the end of verse four, he alone, God, Mm. he alone examines the motives of our hearts. Oh, I love that. I'm going to write that one down. But I think Billy knew that. Oh, he did. Yeah. He knew what his purpose was, why he was doing what he was doing, that it wasn't for fame. And that's that's so like balm to my heart and to my spirit, you know, like God knows. Yes. Man might not know. Yeah. My, man might think that my motives are selfish, but God knows. Yeah. And he's the only one that matters. He's the only one that can truly see into my heart and know yeah. what my motives are. That's I, I read that this morning and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to. Read that again. That's so good. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Oh, that's so good. That's First Thessalonians 2.4. 2, 4. 2 4. That is so good. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, did you? I don't know if you saw on the news or on Instagram, but the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that were lined up Lining along the streets. his yeah. funeral route. Yeah. That was incredible on highways. and well, Can you imagine being his children and his mm-hmm. grandchildren and mm-hmm. realizing, like seeing all that? I'm sure they knew, mm-hmm. like, wow, dad's been really influential or grandpa's yeah. been really influential. But to see the outpour mm-hmm. of love from the entire nation yeah. to go, this was a man of so much honor and yeah. so much respect. Yeah. I read something that said that his ministry was untouched by scandal. Mm. And I thought, wow, what an incredible legacy mm-hmm. now for his family who's carrying on mm-hmm. in his name. Well, and that's what I was going to say, just going back to what we talked about earlier with your children having to sacrifice. His children had to sacrifice a lot. They had for to sure. sacrifice their dad not being there right. very, very often. But they must have seen in him the value of that because yeah. his son, you know, Franklin Graham has carried on the right. Billy, Billy Graham ministry. Yeah. And that's incredible. Like right. a son wouldn't do that if he was bitter yeah. about his dad being gone 60% of the time. And I think that's that's the beautiful thing about including your children in a ministry, yeah. not just shoving them aside. Right. I've had this conversation with, with people before, like if you're going to do ministry, find ways that your children come alongside of you yeah. and include them in on it yeah. so that they they don't just feel like an afterthought, but right. they feel purposed. Mm-hmm. They feel like they, like they have a purpose in this ministry. And that's the key. Yeah. Not just leave them at home all the time. Right. You know, you go and you want to pray over someone, you bring them with you. That's you right. You say, hey, Bennett, come over here and pray pray with me for this person. Yeah. Uh, and a really cute example of this is Chris and I were working on some stuff that, some ministry stuff. And Bennett, we were up in our office and Bennett came up and we had we had sort of accomplished this this goal that we had been talking about. Okay. And as he comes into our office, he hears the result of that goal. Yeah. Okay. And he like his face lights up and he goes, Did you get it? 
did you get it figured out? And we were like, we did, buddy. And he gives us a high five. And you could see the joy in his face because we had included him in on this conversation. And we asked his thoughts and asked his, um, you know, we were needing um, a logo. And he's like, well, I could draw you one. Oh, buddy. (laughs) We're like, okay, you work on that. Maybe someday you can be our media graphics person. Um, But that's the key. Yeah. Include your kids, even if they're little, even if you don't think they're they're getting it, they are. Absolutely. Because they're, they're watching you and your kids are going to learn way more through your actions yeah. than they are through your words. Absolutely. You know, if you're saying, kids, don't be on your screens too much, yeah. you say that, but then you're yeah. on your screen all the time. Right. What is your child going to learn? Right. To be on their screen all the time. Right. Like, it's just, it doesn't matter if it's a little thing or a big thing. That's right. That's what they're going to learn. If your kids see you, you know, let's let's just get real honest here, yeah. okay? If your kids see you not make, making coming to church a priority mm-hmm. because you've had a long weekend or you just want to sleep in, yeah, that's what you're, you know, don't be surprised if when your kid's 18 or your kid's 22 right. or your kid's 40, yeah. that they choose that too. That's right. Like, your kids are emulating everything that you do. Yeah. For the most part. Right. It's very rare that kids do the opposite of what their parents did. Right. That's good. Like That's convicting for someone, isn't uh, it? <laughs> I'm probably... It's convicting. You know, like, don't you think that so often when we have conversation with people, you end up with this realization of like, oh, yeah. that was for me. <laughs> this is... This is yeah. and, and that's what raising kids is, isn't yeah. it? It's like yeah. a mirror. Yeah. Like, you're thinking, why are you acting like this? And yeah. you're, you're like, oh, oh you've seen that. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's preaching to myself. Well, I think it's always. It's a constant realization of, God, what do you need to take out of my character that's mm-hmm. not from you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, – I shared with our church. I'm like, hey, I'm a leader in your church, and so I want you to know that I struggle no different than all of you sitting here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I just shared like, hey, sometimes when Christ followers hurt me, specifically Christ followers, because yeah. I I would say – you know, I expect You don't them- hold – People who don't know the Lord to the same standard. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't expect them to live like Jesus because they don't even know Jesus. Exactly. So, you know, I weigh their words and their actions accordingly. But when a Christ follower purposefully is hurtful or harsh or mean towards myself or towards, Mm -hmm. and and the funny thing is even more so towards people I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when that happens, I kind of go into this like I think it's a defensive mode mm-hmm. where I, I'm like, "You're dead to me," mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And it's so not of God. Right. It's so not like Jesus. Right. right. Um. But you know, I kind of like hold this grudge because they've just acted human. Right. And, um, I started realizing many years ago mm-hmm. through God's word that His word says that if we don't forgive people, mm-hmm. God will not mm-hmm. forgive us. Yeah. That's that's a brutal verse. <laughs> Well, it's super dangerous ground yeah. if we stay there because yeah. I think our human tendency is to go like, well, they hurt me yeah. and, and I have justification yeah. for thinking that they yes. are horrible. Yes. And and we we sit in that yeah. mode yeah. of unforgiveness. And I, I literally felt the wor- the Lord just wake me up to the reality mm-hmm. of that cycle in mm-hmm. my spirit probably about a decade ago. Mm. And Heather, I am not joking you when I say that it has taken a full decade mm. of God continually having to help work this out of Remind me. Remind you of that. And yeah. 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 But but don't you think we always, we want this quick fix. Like we want right. it to be like, okay, Lord, I have this struggle. Fix it right now. Right. But a lot of times it is that yeah. plowing and yeah. that 
digging out mm-hmm. of whatever it is that's inside of us that yeah. is sin. Yeah. And that's because Satan wants to keep that there. So he's right. gonna he's gonna keep giving you opportunities to go back to that. That's right. To wallow in that, to sit in that. And the Lord is just like, no, okay, we're gonna keep plowing it. We're right. gonna keep digging it out. We're gonna keep getting it out of your soul. Well, because so often we think we've dealt with something mm-hmm. until life happens. And that cycle comes comes back back. around and we're faced with the same situation. But Heather, I started praying specifically the word of God over my heart. So when God really revealed to me, like, Heidi, this is sin Mm -hmm. in your life and this needs dealt with, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's going to separate you from me, God, the Mm -hmm. father for eternity. And and that to me, I mean, it was a big wake up call. Um, So I I started praying this verse, it's Ezekiel 37. And he says, um, I will give you a new heart mm. and I will put a new spirit in you. Mm. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. Mm. And I think I've shared this on this podcast before, mm-hmm. probably, because mm-hmm. it's been really important in my life. Sure. In it's, that, a, it's been a, a – you're setting up that stone in your yeah, life. Yeah. Of of going, okay, God, I, I really do want a tender, responsive heart. Yeah. And there was something that happened recently where I went, whoa okay, God has really brought me a long Mm -hmm. way in this because of the way I responded Mm -hmm. in my own heart Mm -hmm. towards a situation that was hurtful. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, okay, God, thank you. Thank you that you've journeyed me through this far. Because even five, three or five years ago, Mm -hmm. my response would have been a lot different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was just really excited to see that progress and that journey. Um, So Anyway, if you're struggling with loving people, if you're struggling with even liking people, mm-hmm. um, I think just take a step back. And first of all, Heather, sometimes it's because we can't truly love people. Yeah. Jesus, the, that part of the verse is not just yeah. love your neighbor. It's love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. Because we don't love ourselves. We don't love ourselves. Yeah. We're not caring for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not feeding into our souls. Yeah, that's right. So if you are in that place where you're mm-hmm. feeling this like hard heartedness, mm-hmm. this even hatred towards people, this annoyance toward people, step back and go, okay, this is probably not about the people. Right. This is probably about where my heart is right now. that's so good. And so truly, like, just say, Lord, what can I do for my soul and Mm -hmm. my spirit right now to become more tender and more responsive? so good. And he will. He will... He will begin to heal work that out of, out of you, you and whether heal it's that. insecurities Absolutely. or fear yeah. or things that lies that people have spoken over you that yep. you've accepted and started to believe. Yep. Um, that's so good, Heidi, because truly we cannot love people mm-hmm. if we do not love ourselves. No. And that's such a people don't talk about that a lot because right. it sort it sort of sounds like it could be like, oh self-centered. Pride, you know, prideful. Yeah. But yeah. that's not it at all. No. It's it's Believing that you are a son or a daughter mm-hmm. of the Most High God made in the image of Him. Right. And then seeing yourself the way He sees you. Yeah. And going, you made me special. You made me unique. You right. put these qualities in me. You put these gifts in me. Um, and and celebrating that. Yeah. And when you do that, it's a lot easier to celebrate other people. Because you're not comparing. Absolutely. Right? You're just confident in who you are. Yeah. And that doesn't happen overnight. And a lot of times it does have to be a like your heart like on the come floor, to Jesus moment. like in a puddle yeah. and you have to, you know, get down on your face before the Lord right. and just ask him because it's hard to work. You can't work it out in yourself. You got to, you got to go to the Lord with that. Absolutely. Say, work, work this out of me. Yeah. Well, and he, he says, he says, my strength works best yeah, in, your weakness. in your weakness. And so I think, I mean, that comforts me on days that mm-hmm. I I don't feel like super mom or superhuman, yeah. you know, on days that I feel really, really ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go, wait yeah. a minute. Okay. 
if if I can really truly make space for God in this yeah. area, yeah. if I can bring him into this instead of trying to make this work on my own, mm-hmm. it truly something miraculous happens yeah. when we invite him into that space yeah. and just watch him make all things new within it. Yeah. We talk about a lot of these kinds of heart issues all the time on this podcast. Yeah. And I think that uh, those are so, so good. But what, Heidi, does it look like very practically in your every single day life? Like it's one thing to go, okay, here, here's what the goal is. Yeah. But how do you get there? Besides the, you know, understanding that it, sometimes it is a long journey. But yeah. what are those practical steps that you do? Okay, that's a good question. Um, Heather, I can always gauge my proximity to the heartbeat of God based on how I'm treating people. Yeah. Um, and so – for me, it, it this is going to sound super cliche. It absolutely starts with being in God's word. Yeah. When, when I am not in God's word, when I look at my journal that I – like I don't write down everything I've done in the day. I just write the, the things that I believe God is speaking to me, yeah. whether it's a, or- a promise of God or if someone sent me an encouraging text and said, man, I feel like I'm supposed to share this with you yeah. that the Lord showed me or yeah. a verse that I've read. I write those things down and then I – remind myself of those things. To go back and read them. I have to go back and read them, especially if it's a like a really hard parenting day. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm feeling my anxiety rise up about like, dude, I just feel like I can't answer one more question yeah. in a spirit of grace because I want to yeah. snap right now. I have to go back to the word of mm-hmm. God. And sometimes it's recalling a scripture that I've hidden in my heart, mm-hmm. in my spirit. And yep. sometimes it's physically reading it mm-hmm. in the pages of God's word. Um, so for me, it it's literally that every single morning. Yeah, it's the word of God. It, it has to be. Yeah. And the promises of God. Yeah. And I am not joking. Mm-hmm. When I start to skip yeah. and to slip, yep. even two, three, four days, yep. I'm thinking like, why do I feel angry? Yeah. And I look at my journal, I go, okay, because oh. it's been four days yeah. since I've been in God's yeah. word. Yeah. And when you're when you're far from God, four days can seem like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, when your heart is starting to pull back mm-hmm. from God and his ways. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's where it starts. And and can I say though that when if you're out of that rhythm, mm-hmm. if you're not immersed in God's word, yeah. If you're not get, gleaning your strength mm-hmm. from the word of God, yeah. You can go years. Oh, absolutely. Without and not even realize. Yeah. And then you're like, why do I feel so desperate? Why it's why is my marriage falling apart? Yeah. Why am I depressed? Right. Why do why do I yell at my kids all of the time? Why can't I handle everything on my schedule? Yeah. And yeah. you can go years yeah. without being in God's word. And I mean, I'm I'm with you. It's when you've experienced the life-giving power that yeah. comes from communion with the Lord. Yeah. And when I say communion, I just mean being in his word, speaking to him, listening, you know, I I this this might sound really strange. I talk to God so much when I'm semi asleep, like <laughs> yeah. semi awake. Yeah. You know, and it's just really intimate, like just yeah. calling out to him, like begging him yeah. for things or crying out to him about things. And I'm yeah. not even fully awake, but I can tell that I've communed with the, the Lord because when I wake up in the morning, I just have this peace and this presence yeah. that I know that I've met with him. Yeah. And that comes through getting to know him and yeah. being in his word yeah. and spending time with him. Yeah. So I know that can sound kind of super spiritual, but that like that is my real like yeah. how does this really play out? That's my reality. Yeah. Is yeah. if if that's not happening, then um I'm an, I'm a I'm a good mom. Uh-huh. I'm not I'm not the mom God's called me to be. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm a good wife. Yeah. I'm not the wife God's called yeah, me to good. be. That's you good. know, and I don't have that. 
I don't have that desire to, you know, Jesus says, if someone asks you to go one mile, Mm -hmm. go with him too. If he asks for your shirt, give him your coat too. That side of me goes. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have that tendency to go the extra mile Mm -hmm. for people. I have the tendency to do it well, Mm -hmm. but not do it with excellence Mm -hmm. for the sake of Jesus. Not going the extra mile. That's so good. Um, I would also add with that is put, find people around you that lift you up and point you to Jesus, whether it's a friend or a mentor Mm -hmm. or a family member, somebody that you know, you can call them and say, I just, I need a good Jesus conversation. What have you been reading lately? What is God speaking to you? Yeah. When we start to ask each other those questions, mm-hmm. our conversations and our friendships change completely. Yes. They go from surface mm-hmm. and about surface things and worldly things, which there's nothing wrong with having conversations about lipstick and sports teams and <laughs> things like there's nothing wrong with right. that. But if that's all that it is, right. you do not have a deep relationship with someone Right. when you can't get past that surface level. And so finding for me, that's been huge in my life is having people, you and my husband and Kip and others, um, my brothers and my sisters and really dear friends that we can get on the phone and I don't like talking on the phone, but I don't mind it if we're talking about the Lord. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, please don't call me and talk to me about what you're going to make for dinner. No. <laughs> but if you want to call me and tell me what God's doing in your life, yeah. by all means, that's right. call me and I will talk to you for an hour. Well, because isn't it so encouraging when you hear, okay, so when you say to someone like, hey, how's your day? And instead of like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm tired. Yeah. If you hear like, oh, like, can I tell you what I read in God's word yeah. today? And they tell you start what God's doing. to tell you. Yes. And then all of a sudden, at least for me, maybe mm-hmm. no one listening can mm-hmm. relate, but I start no, to feel can. this energy bubble yeah. up within me to go like, yeah. And then I recall what God has been speaking to me. Yeah. And then we have this great yeah. dialogue. And so yeah. I, I really do. I think I think this a lot. I don't know how people do life mm-hmm. happily yeah. without the love of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I, I do believe I could do it, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't do it happily. Yeah. I wouldn't do it joyfully. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be um, – probably people wouldn't think like, wow, she's just like – I really love being around her. Because mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be selfish. I'd be mm-hmm. just acting – Human, in all my human right. instinct. So That's so good. So if you don't have that friend or that person, pray and ask the Lord to bring it to you. Yeah. Because they're they're hard to find. Well, or maybe you need to start being that person. You yeah. need to start being that side of the friendship. Heather, I think come. of I think of one of our sweet listeners. She's a friend of ours too. Mm-hmm. And she started to share. She's quite a bit younger than us, but mm-hmm. she started to share, like, I'm really desperate for deep, dear friends. Mm-hmm. And we encouraged her to pray that in. Mm-hmm. And she did. She started mm-hmm. being really faithful to pray that in. And it took a while. Mm-hmm. Like she, for mm-hmm. a few years, struggled yeah. with it. And now, like I, I've seen her post pictures mm-hmm. of like, man, these are the women that God's given mm-hmm. me that I've prayed in. And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Like she saw this need mm-hmm. and she went to the Lord with it. And she was persistent. She yeah. persevered through that. Yeah. And now God's given her the fruit that's right. of her labor. Yeah, that's so, so that's so good. Well, good chat. Good chat. I love chatting with you. I know. Heck. We've got some amazing guests coming up. I'm um, really excited. Yeah. We we're getting ready to record a few of them in the next few days yeah. and it's going to be exciting. Yeah. And spring is coming, so that's I always know that when you start seeing March Madness basketball, <laughs> yes, that spring, spring is, is on its way. Here, it's yes. coming. So we're yes. so happy about that. Um, Sunshine and bird singing and flowers yes, and that color. Makes, that makes life. Color. I bought yellow tulips for my kitchen table yesterday, and oh, can fun. I just tell you that that just oh that just does something to my heart. Yeah, just bright, shiny, pretty. So buy some tulips today. Buy some tulips. <laughs> Yep, it's worth the 10 bucks. Yeah, so much. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We hope that you enjoyed this 
episode. We hope that it encouraged your heart and it inspired you. If you've got any questions or as always, any prayer needs, um, find us on Instagram at the H and H hour, shoot us a message and we will pray for you. Um, and if you've got someone in your life that you know needs to hear this podcast, please share. Um, go to iTunes. You just simply search in the search field, the H&H Hour, and we'll pull up all of the episodes and you can send them a link directly from there and they can hear and be an encouragement because um, by you sharing, it helps other people find this podcast. So have a great day. We hope that you are blessed and that you feel the love of God over your life in a profound way today.